Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's December 17th, a Thursday, so that means we're talking Chiefs. And there was plenty to discuss with Sam Bellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Sam McDowell on Sportsbeat Live earlier in the day. The Chiefs are headed to New Orleans on Sunday with many questions along the offensive line, especially at tackle. Might be time to check out the depth chart to see what the Chiefs have behind Eric Fisher and Mike Remmers. Also, Travis Kelsey is having an incredible season on and off the field. And we get into the game against the Saints. It's a marquee matchup between the top team in the AFC and the team that would be the number two seed in the NFC playoffs if the season ended today. So who has the edge and why? All of this on Sportsbeat KC. So let's get started. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. And welcome to Sportsbeat Live, where we talk Chiefs with the folks who know the team best and with you uh, our audience, and um, let's let's just uh, introduce uh, our <laughs> let's introduce our panel and their pets. Uh, let's start first with Sam McDowell. How are you, Sam? Hey, I'm doing well. How's it going? Good, good, good. Sam Mellinger is here in the KC ball cap. Looks good, and so is who is that, Sam? And, Vahe, your dogs are very well behaved this morning. They're representing from afar, Blair. Um, and uh, they're, they're closing in. Okay. So that means the office door is closed. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Herbie Teope is here. Um, no dogs there, Herbie, but uh, we might see a, a feline or two prowling yeah, around. Uh, just a couple of cats, but they're well behaved. They're sleeping right now. You know, it's, it's their morning nap. <laughs> very good, very good. Hey, um, so we got a lot to talk about today with the Chiefs and the Saints uh, playing on Sunday. Who Dat Nation? I love that nickname. I've always loved that nickname for for Saints fans. And um, uh, we want you to send us your questions and comments so we can get to as many of them as we can. Michael Blair already weighed in. He had heard some maniacal laughing before we went on the air. Um, Michael, that was Herbie that you heard, and uh, for reasons that will become evident as the show progresses, the uh, we're going to talk a lot to Herbie today. Um, so, but uh, okay, let's just start with Herbie um, because he always he, he always kicks us off with the injury report, and I'll tell you what, that's it's pretty significant uh, what we heard on Wednesday, and it it impacts an entire position group. And we're going to get into that. So, Herbie, get, get us going. Hey, but Herbie, let's start with this. Let's start on the other side of the ball. What's the latest on Drew Brees? And then let's and then let's go Chiefs. All right. The latest on Drew Brees was he, he was designated to return uh, yesterday on Wednesday. So that means he is able to practice. But Sean Payton, he didn't appear overly optimistic with us during our conference call. You know, he basically said they're not going to rush him back just for a game. They want to make sure that he's he's okay and he's – you know, for the stretch run, because you do need a healthy Drew Brees. The Saints offense is completely different without Drew Brees. So whether he returns this week remains to be seen, but it's a, it's a huge game for the Saints because they lost the number one seed last week. You know, they're sitting on a 10-3 and record, but the Packers, who won, owned the tiebreaker with them. So this is a big game for them. And, you know, against a team which is a good uh, – the word I'm looking for here. It's a good barometer to see where they really are because 
Saints and Chiefs. That, that's a this is a preview of potential preview. What a lot of people believe could be a Super Bowl matchup, and you know they want they want that number one seed down there. They want home field advantage at the Superdome. So that's the big one out of New Orleans. And I can't think the Saints uh, would want to risk further injury to Drew Brees and rush him back just to to get this game. I, I think for the Saints, part of the narrative this week has to be. Um, do, do you want Drew Brees back and play, you know, uh, three playoff games, or do you do you ride Taysom Hill um, and and maybe get that first round by, but still have Hill as your quarterback? Uh, I think that's a question that Sean Payton has to answer this week. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the key thing here is once again make sure that he is going to be healthy for the postseason because the, the Saints are in; they already clinched a playoff berth, so they they want him healthy for the postseason run. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll have more to talk about uh, with New Orleans here as the show goes on, but let's let's get onto the Chiefs' side of the ball. And as I, I as I mentioned, there is one particular position group that's really being impacted by injuries now. It's been the case for the last couple of weeks, but take us through it, Herbie. Of course, it's the offensive line. Yeah, the the, the two bookends, the starting right tackle uh, Mike Remmers and starting left tackle Eric Fisher. Did not practice Wednesday with what Andy Reid called a tight back. I'm more concerned about Mike Remmers because he left week 14's game with that back injury and didn't finish it. Fisher's back might have tightened up after it because you remember Reid, when he came out with the injuries after Sunday's game, didn't mention Fisher. So maybe they're resting him. But Remmers is the one that's really concerning because his he's filling in for Mitchell Schwartz, who was eligible to come back from injured reserve this week. But he didn't practice yesterday, and he wasn't designated to return. So this leaves them very thin at the tackle positions. you got to think Yasser Durant will probably start at right tackle if Remmers can't go. If Fisher can't go, goodness gracious, who are you going to put over there on that left side? Martinez Rankin is a guy who can play guard and tackle, so he makes sense. But I don't think you want to go into this game against Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson not knowing who your tackles are. Hendrickson's ten and a half sacks this year, having a terrific, probably the, the best season of his career. I mean, are there other possibilities? Andrew Wiley, perhaps. Um, who else can play? Brian Witzman. I mean, who else can play tackle for the Chiefs if if it comes? And those to are good names to toss out there because you know you can always pull up Stephen Wisniewski from the practice squad like they did the last two weeks and insert him at guard. You got a lot of moving pieces here, and then we, thankfully we get Eric Bieniemy this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon, and this is probably a, a subject that needs to come up and will be brought up. Who are your guys that you're going to have there at tackle if Fisher and Remmers can't go? Yeah. All right. Is this uh, for um, – hey, Sam McDowell, is this a kind of a, an alarming time for, for the Chiefs? Is this a – do you sound the alarms for the status of the offensive line? If, if we're looking at no, no Schwartz, no uh, Fisher, and, uh, and no Remmers. On a one-game basis, yeah, but on a season-long basis, I mean, I still think that what matters for the Chiefs is the postseason. I, I, even whether they get the one seed or the two seed, I also still think the Steelers are going to lose another game. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the Saints are sixth in the NFL in sacks. It's, it's not the it's not the week to to be missing tackles on both sides. You're st- you could potentially be missing your starting tackles and the, the top swing guy for both of those spots. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in trouble offensive line-wise if they don't have all three of those guys this week. I wonder, Melly, if, if uh, the Chiefs are facing something uh, at, on the offensive line that the Saints are at quarterback. Uh, 
you know, continuing to rest guys and perhaps risk losing the, the, the number one seed, but having Schwartz, Fisher, being at full strength offensive line-wise for the playoff, even, playoffs, even if that means um, uh, l- losing a first-round bye and, and having possibly played the AFC championship game on the road. Yeah, I mean, it. it um, first of all, I agree with everything that, that McDowell just said, but like, if, if you can, um, this may be a false choice, right? Like, maybe this isn't the decision that's, that's there to be made, but if I'm the Chiefs, I'd much rather be closer to full strength and and play that first, play the wild card round than I would, you know, kind of limp in, you know, try to overextend yourself just to get the one seed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who that seven seed would be, obviously, but I would think that the Chiefs at full strength could take care of that game. Um, so, th- I mean, this is a big problem. I mean, y- you can you can do some stuff with scheme, right? Like you can do quicker passes and, and whatever. But uh, <laughs> having they're basically down to what their fourth and fifth tackles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the problem. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can talk about next man up all they want, but there's a reason that good players get paid. Yeah, Yazer Durant, um, you know. This you know Missouri guy. It's it's neat to see him on on the roster, and all of a sudden he he's been thrust into a you know he had twenty two snaps at tackle against the Dolphins last week. So you know here's a guy with you know undrafted and uh, you know and, and playing asked to be playing a, a nice role. And look, he 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 did an ex- acceptable job uh, against the Dolphins, but that's not it's not not your first choice, is it, Vahe? No, not your first choice, but uh, but but both Sams are right. I I'd like to say Herbie too, but he's not a Sam. So both Sams are right. I mean, they they this this game might be a little mini uh, uh, not crisis, but just mini dilemma with some of these things. But um, they'll scheme it up accordingly. Um, I don't. I'm not putting up a, a flag on their behalf, but I they don't they they can lose and still prosper in the playoffs. I mean, I I think. That's okay. It's just we're we're so used to seeing them. We're in this find away mode now, where the last five games they've won by a total of twenty one points, and uh, you, you want obviously on their behalf to see them continue, you know, finding a way. So this will be a different kind of uh, resourcefulness they'll have to have this week. You know, I remember the twenty fifteen season where the Chiefs ended up winning the last ten regular season games, and then and then winning their first playoff game under Andy Reid and. Um, I, don't, I don't think there was a change in the offensive line, uh, at least a starting assignment change, that entire uh, stretch. And since then, it seems like they've always been dealing with some sort of uh, some sort of injury issue, right? Having to replace a starter. And I guess that's more typical of, of NFL teams and seasons when you have to, you know, plug in guys. Um, I, I think the I'm reminded this week of the the Eric Fisher stat, right? Um, the Chiefs last year. When he was out, I forgot, wasn't it a, like a, a core injury or a groin injury? But he, he missed like 10 games. and Or eight, eight No, sorry, obviously eight. it was eight, eight games because the Chiefs were 4-4 four and four in those games and 11-0 in games that he played. And this year, you know, he's played in every one of these games, 12-1. and one. So what does that make him, 23-1 20, when Fisher plays over the last two years? Um, yeah. It's not a bad, not a bad stat. It's funny they not give the bad, quarterback. Bad okay. I was just going to say, not think, a bad stat for a guy going for a contract, for sure. <laughs> I think the the linemen of America will tell you it's time they get those on their ledger instead of on the uh, on the pretty boy quarterbacks. 
He's got fewer losses than Mahomes over the last two years. So. <laughs> uh, he is like he's had an interesting like kind of career arc here. Uh, you know the the only number one overall pick in Chiefs history, right? Um, and it seems like he was getting crushed a lot here early. And and I think a lot of it was just if you're the first overall pick, you're supposed to be a Hall of Famer. But um, you know, no offense to anybody in that draft class, but a lot of people thought it was one of the worst draft classes ever. Right. Um, and he had some struggles in the beginning. He switched positions. He had shoulder injuries and stuff like that. But um, I, I don't think there's any question um, that he is a damn good player. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's he's not going to be a Hall of Famer or whatever, but um, he is a starting left tackle for the best offense in the NFL. And and he's a he's not just along for the ride. He's had a Pro Bowl season, or he's made the Pro Bowl one time. I think it was 2018, and he, and then he's had his, you know, he had his down moment too in the playoff game against the Steelers after the 2016 season, where he had, he was the one who did wasn't he the one who held who was yeah. flagged for holding Harrison right, James Harrison, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, took the two point conversion off the board, made the Chiefs try it again from the 15 or the 17 or something, and uh, uh, in, in in the playoff game at the in, in the late in the fourth quarter, so. Um, yeah, interesting guy who has quietly uh, been uh, a rock for this Chiefs offensive line. And he's also now, uh, along with Kelsey and Anthony Sherman, the, uh, the, the elder statesman of this team, at least when it comes to years of experience with the Chiefs. I think he's, you know, he's, a, he's an Andy Reid original, um, along with Kelsey and Sherman. I don't know who else is in that group. Used to be the punter. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, speak, speaking of Kelsey, uh, this has been a, a, a pretty uh, publicity-filled uh, week for, for the tight end. Uh, not only because of the, you know, the, the the performances week after week, the consistency he's just been he's just been amazing, and of course now he he leads the NFL in in yards receiving and is bidding to become the first tight end to to lead an NFL in receiving yards in a season. Um, and with a, is it 127 yards he needs to have the most receiving yards in a in a year by a tight end um, uh, held by. Um, uh, Kittle. Uh, in fact, I remember a couple years ago, um, the, the Chiefs played the noon game on, on week 17. The Chiefs played a home noon game, and Kelsey left that game with the record. The 49ers played later in the day, and Kittle passed him. So it, Kelsey had the record for a couple hours once, but uh, it doesn't look like anybody would catch him this year. And he's just, look, he's just uh, having the, the best season of his career. And he is by far the the premier tight end in in the NFL. And Bahe, I know you've explored 
know, him in a, in a bigger way this week. And it's not just the, the on-field stuff that, uh, uh, where he excels. Well, it's kind of funny. I was just in looking up things we've been writing about him. I mean, it, he's getting to be a little bit of a Mahomes-like presence for us recently because there's so many ways to kind of slice and dice uh, aspects of him. Um, in this case, uh, Sam McDowell took the ball all the way down the court and then dished inside to me to, uh, with an idea on a on an approach to Travis um, about about you know sort of the, the the blood and guts of of why he's the Walter Payton man of the year on a, on a, on a team that has two other guys that are sports illustrated sports persons of the year. Um, he becomes the Walter Payton nominee for NFL man of the year. And uh, most of it, a lot of it's uh, through his foundation, but directed through um, to I should say operation breakthrough. And um, a thing that I think we've all noticed and, and I, I'd be interested if anybody disagrees, but we've really noticed Travis Kelsey just in interviews um talk about things a little, a little differently than he used to. And I think he's much more attentive, much more uh, uh, willing to really engage. And, and I thought he came off very sincerely last Friday when he was talking about what this means to him and what it means to do things off the field. And um, in speaking with Operation uh, Breakthrough President Mary Esselman, that's really what she got into. Um, you know, the first story she told was about how uh, among the hundreds of kids they have, one one kid was asked what he remembers most about Travis. And it was that Travis remembered his name um, upon seeing him different times. So um, we know that these uh, people in position to be generous, you know, w- will do that and spend the money. And, and that's that's a great thing in itself. And, and, you know, share their resources. But the personal touch is something else, too. And um I think that reflects a little bit of how we've seen him grow on the field and, and as a person. Hey, Melly, how, how, um, how, how to value his, his contribution to what, what the, the, what the chief's offense. And uh, I, I would think that when you have a guy like that, who does what he does, you know, it just gives Andy Reed just even, even more pages for, you know, for the, or, or napkins to draw on for, uh, for 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 scheming offense, he's just been remarkable this year. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, I guess this is Travis Kelsey week at the Kansas City Star. Uh, Indeed. And uh, the the thing, I, I think it'll post tomorrow. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but it's just all about the football, and um, it, it's it's more incredible than I thought. Um, both with film, like if you watch again, there was that third and one, I think, in the third quarter. Um, and, and he was lined up against Eric Rowe, who has an interesting background. Um, that guy's a converted quarterback who the Dolphins just gave a three-year extension to specifically because he wipes out tight ends. He, he's one of the best in the league at, at, at covering tight ends. George Kittle had, I think, like four catches for 40 yards on eight targets or something like that against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are one of the toughest teams in the league for tight ends. Um, hadn't given like an average of 39 yards of uh, this season for, for tight ends total, not per tight end, but total. And Kelsey ripped him for what, 136. So anyway, that third and one, he's lined up against Rowe. And um, all you need is a yard. Kelsey's going deep. Mahomes just chucks it. Back foot, it's underthrown a little bit. Um, should have been incomplete. Um, it's it's one of those plays where a normal receiver, not just tight end, but a normal receiver is probably playing defense, <laughs> trying to trying to knock the ball away so it's not an interception. And he just bosses row 
and makes the catch for, I think, like 32 yards or something like that. There, there's plays like that all over the film. And then if you go to numbers, um, his yards after the catch would be, I think, eighth or ninth overall for all tight ends in football this year, if you just included his yards after catch. This one blew my mind. Um, did you know that uh, – in a league with Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams and all these guys, um, Travis Kelsey has more explosive plays, which, as Herbie will tell you, is defined as plays 20 yards or more. He has more explosive plays than anybody else in the league. Travis Kelsey, a tight end. I just find that to be absolutely insane. He, he's like this crazy, freakish combination of – he's obviously a big body. I think they list him at like 6'5", 260 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got – of the feet of like a two guard um, in basketball, you know, his, his footwork, he finds this way to get people off leverage and all that, you know, um, you know use leverage to get defensive backs off balance. Um, I mean, he's just, the thing I keep thinking about is I think he's a hall of fame player and, and this is as good as he's ever been. And um, I don't know that he can, I don't know how much better he can get, but this is like, I just want to take a moment to, 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 to recognize, acknowledge that this is a Hall of Fame player at the absolute height of his powers. Like, that's what we're seeing this year, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing to watch. For a franchise that knows something about having a Hall of Fame yeah. tight end, you know, yeah. set, a, set a standard. And we, we, listen, we've, we've said it every year when it comes to, to Kelsey. You know, he seems to be more mature, you know, and on the field and off the field. And, um, there's no doubt that that's, you know, his, his antics are in the past where, you know, if, if next year when the chiefs play the Eagles and, uh, and and, uh, the Chiefs score a touchdown, we won't see Kelsey flapping his wings, you know, to the, to the Philly sideline. We won't see him picking up a, throwing a towel as if it's a penalty. We're, we're way beyond that when it comes to Travis Kelsey, he doesn't celebrate his first downs uh, the way he, you know, the way he did demonstratively the way he used to, um, you know what? You, when you talk about the explosive plays, I, I first of all, a lot of his receptions start at twenty, and then he yeah. puts the yards on after catch. But he also catches a lot of balls in the ten to fifteen yard range and turns them into explosive plays with his yards after the catch. He is um, he's he's just fun to watch. He is an absolute um, a tight end in a uh, he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the the, the same way that like. Tony Gonzalez's Hall of Fame montage probably had a lot of plays where he was running down the seam and Trent Green, whoever's playing quarterback, just kind of throws it higher than the defender can get to, but low enough where, where Tony Gonzalez can get it. The same way, like, that play was probably filled up in, in, in Gonzalez's Hall of Fame montage. And, and I think Kelsey's will be, you know, some sort of out or in route, you know, going horizontal. He catches it, just plants that cleat, and then goes the exact opposite way. While the defensive back, you know, sort of, or linebacker, whoever, kind of flails about, just going the same direction, and Kelsey uses that agility, that athleticism to explode the other way. Like that, that to me, when I close my eyes and think about like Travis Kelsey's career and how he's different, I think that that's a huge part of it. That play right there, that montage really should include the sequence, the mic'd up sequence with Mahomes, yeah, uh, on the sideline where he's saying. Uh, Dude, I don't even know how you knew I was going to go there because I didn't know I was going to go there or however, <laughs> however you yeah. put it. Yeah, he, he said something like uh, there was nothing in practice or anything else that told you that I should have gone there. I should not have done that, but you knew I was going to do it. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, Kelsey, just like all these guys, right, like 
uh, Kelsey's better because Mahomes is his quarterback. Mahomes is better because Hill is his receiver. Like all these guys, they 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 play off of each other. But and and Kelsey has been super gracious. You know, he talks about like my career took off once Tyree got here. You know, became a. He's being a little bit humble, um, right? Because he had, I think it was 137 catches in the two seasons before Hill was on the team, and he had, I think, 1125 yards, if I'm right. Um, I'm not trying to build self it, uh, right? but I think it's like 1100 and some yards. Um, that first season that Hill was basically um, like literally not just, you know, Jalen Ramsey, but like literally a return specialist when Hill was just very much a part time receiver. So, I mean, Kelsey, there's no doubt um, he's better here than he would be if he was playing for the, you know, the Vikings or whatever, just any other team. Um, but he's a star on his own. He, he, he would be a stud anywhere, anywhere in the league. Paul Brashears uh, asks, why isn't first downs achieved a stat that's recorded? Talking about Kelsey, is, isn't there something on Pro Football Reference that does record? There is. I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah, there is. While you're, while you're doing that, I just he also had a fumble problem earlier in his career. And he, you know, he, even though he had one early, he did have one this season, I think. Was it at Buffalo right at the end of the first half? But, yeah. um, uh, but uh, he, you know, he doesn't have the, the, the problem that he had his first few years. So, Hey, hey, Herbie. Who would who who defends Kelsey for the Saints, and what? Uh, and, and they actually they've got a pretty good tight end of their own. Yeah, they got Jared Cook over there, a two-time Pro Bowler, and he's he's actually pretty good. But he's nowhere near in the class as Travis Kelsey. Jared Cook is older, obviously, um, but he doesn't have the speed. Uh, I don't think he has the the pure athleticism that Kelsey has. They got a couple of interesting bodies over there that could cover Kelsey or attempt to cover him. Uh, they got a second-year safety in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who is a converted cornerback, but he now plays a lot of safety. He also defends against uh, tight ends. Marcus Williams, their their safety, uh, their second-round draft pick from a few years ago, he can he can play against a tight end. But I don't think you know they're, they're not going to put any of their linebackers on him. If anything, it's going to be one of those two safeties in, in an attempt to slow him down. Did you find it, Sam? First down receptions. Sam had uh, forgot to uh, unmute himself, but uh, sixty-seven. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, sixty-seven of his what ninety catches have gone for a first down, which is pretty freaking. <laughs> I, would, I would say that's a pretty nice percentage. Uh, yeah, already, well, no, two years ago he had seventy-five, so um, closing in on a career high. Does that show ranking in the league, Sam? Too is it? Um, I'd have to go. I'll, go. I'll go somewhere else to look that up. Hard to imagine anybody having more. That's <laughs> a, a big number. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll mute myself and go look. <laughs> um, Brian LaBerge asks, um, do the Chiefs game plan any differently for this game uh, because of uh, because of their seating? I mean, they're, they're not locked into anything, but uh, I, my thought is uh, this is a team they could face in, you know, in two more months, in, but in February, early February, I don't know, Sam McDowell, what do you, when you have a game of this magnitude, this late in the season, do you think Andy Reed or the enemy or Spagnolo uh, does anything differently, dials it back a little bit and, 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 and just to save some stuff for, uh, for this, for if they, in case they meet the Saints in the Super Bowl? No, um, I don't. And the reason is because the, the Saints and, or whoever you play late in the season still has the film on your first 14, first 13 games and has still seen everything you've done. So there's there's no reason to hold anything back. I mean, 
we've talked about this a lot with Andy Reid, and we, we've, I mean, heck, I've written about it this year. They have a, such a collection of plays that they haven't run. And, and sure, some of those still aren't going to, still aren't going to be run this week. I mean, we, we saw a play like Rose Bowl Parade that they ran all last year before finally breaking out in the Super Bowl. I'm sure there's stuff like that that they're not going to run this week, but it's not specifically because they're playing the Saints and this is a team that they might see again. That, that doesn't change the equation. Travis right. Kelsey uh, first in first downs. DeAndre Hopkins is second with 64. Okay. I, I find that to be a useful statistic. <laughs> you know, a, a pretty, pretty meaningful that um, uh, uh, that, uh, that that's the case. Okay. Let, let's talk about the matchup in the game a little bit because it is, look, you, you, rarely do you get this late in the season, this type of game, right? Because you're, you're usually playing division opponents late in the season. But let's start with Herbie. Um, uh, we'll, 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 we'll give predictions at the end of the show, but uh, Herbie, nobody knows these two teams better than you, uh, as we've well established. These are the last two teams that you've covered, and um, and you covered the Saints at the beginning of last year, so you know them best. What, what what can the Saints do to hurt the Chiefs and vice versa? To me, when I look at these two teams, they're they're almost like they're mirror images of each other. You, you look over on that Saints offense; they, they're, they're, if Breeze is playing. That's a star-studded offense. You've got Michael Thomas over there, the, the NFL's first $100 million wide receiver. you got Alvin Kamara, their, their do-it-all running back, who, who can hurt you as a receiver. You've got Latavius Murray. You know, the, the Saints like to run a combo running offense where you've got split between Murray and Kamara, and they hurt offenses that way. Jared Cook, we mentioned him. Emmanuel Sanders now in the mix. Uh, Drew Brees, he's older. He's been hurt a lot over these last two years, but – he still he can still run that offense pretty darn well, and then obviously the Chiefs—they've got a star-studded offense. In 2018, this is a game that should have happened in the Super Bowl if not for questionable off, uh, penalties that were not called on in, in both championship games. The phantom roughing the passer call on Tom Brady, the the most blatant missed pass interference call missed uh, it, it, with the Saints and the Rams. So these two teams should have met a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. But, you know, when I, when I look at these two teams, it's offensive star power. It's two of the NFL's brightest offensive minds over the last 15 years with Sean Payton and Andy Reid. And this is one of those games where you, you circle on the calendar like this is going to be a shootout, kind of like the Rams and the Chiefs from a year, a couple of years ago. But it really depends on if Drew Brees is playing because Taysom Hill, if he's starting at quarterback, Peyton cannot unleash what he wants to unleash. Okay. Hey, let's just go down the list, guys, and talk about the, the matchup. What, um, uh, uh, we only got a few minutes left, but Sam McDowell, what, what do you think? Is, how, how does this game play out? And um, uh, listen, you know, it's going to be probably the highest rated game this year. Let me give you a little factoid on that, that the Kansas City and New Orleans TV markets are one in – Kansas City and then New Orleans, one and two in the NFL when it comes to local TV ratings, right? More people in – higher percentage of people in Kansas City and New Orleans watch the Chiefs and the Saints than any cities watching their teams in the NFL. So interest levels off the charts in a game like this. I, I just don't know the, the big significance of this game. and uh, but, it, but it is – look, it's high quality. It's It's – Twelve and one versus ten and three. Um, how, how do you see it? How do you see it playing out? Well, if if the Saints are starting Taysom Hill, and I think it's the it's trending in that direction, 
the Chiefs have been really good against these types of quarterbacks this season. You know, that they shut down Lamar Jackson. Um, Cam Newton couldn't get anything going. These guys that rely on on the dual threat to be successful, that they don't want to be one-dimensional, the Chiefs have made them one-dimensional, and, and they, they've shut these guys down. So I think that the Chiefs' defense against the Saints' offense is a more favorable matchup than we would have anticipated, obviously, before the season when we looked at this game. So um, I, I just – I have a hard time believing that the Chiefs will let Taysom Hill be- beat them on Sunday. And the Chiefs are favored, right, Sam? Yeah. Well, what's interesting, they're fa- they're favored by three points, and I think Vegas, pro- the, you know, the, the sports books probably have a difficult time deciding how to do this line. And I'm actually surprised the line is up because we don't know which Saints quarterback is playing. You know, before the season. Uh, when the schedule came out, they still put out all the future lines, anyways, and the Chiefs were only an underdog in in two games when when you looked at the schedule at Baltimore, um, which they ended up being an underdog in that game, and then at New Orleans. And you know now the game comes, Drew Brees isn't playing. I think the Saints are, are probably where we thought they would be, but the, but it's just a personnel thing. I think is the reason that the Chiefs are still favored by three or three and a half this week. Well, hey, what think you? Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I'm looking at the defense this week, too, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I think that they've uh, they've been trending better. They've been playing better. But I, I think they need a, um, you know, a, a not signature game, but a game where you feel like they they uh, they answer the bell. And, and obviously circumstances are better than they would be with with Breeze playing. And I kind of look for the offense not to be vanilla. I mean, that never happens. But I I don't know that they're going to, um, you know, unleash everything they've got uh, unless it, it's really necessary just in the sense of, I think there is a little shadow boxing uh, aspect to this in terms of maybe this being a, a first of two. So I, I look for it to be a, a, a moderate scoring game, maybe, uh, you know, chiefs low twenties, 24, 17, 24, 21, something like that. But I think it's a, a chance for the defense to make its mark and the offense just play a little cleaner game than it started out playing last week. Melly, what do you think? Um, I know I've got some offensive line concerns. So uh, against the Saints defense, uh, th- that's what you know, that's what prevents me from thinking um, from from the reflex action of a Chiefs victory. I have to think about it some more. Well, how about what, how about you? Yeah, I mean, um, I look. I, I know they just played Tom Brady a few weeks back, but um, this game and uh, and the Ravens game are the two that I've been looking forward to the most, like during the season, and. Um, in that context, it is a bit of a letdown that Taysom Hill is probably going to be the quarterback and the Chiefs are probably going to be down or might might be down to their fourth and fifth tackles. Um, I just I, I wish this is a good enough game, these two teams, that you'd love to see it at, at full strength. Um, so it, but, you know, in the content or in the in the spirit of everything the Chiefs do is judged on what it means for the postseason. Um, the tackles part of it is particularly just sort of a letdown. I, I really wanted to see the Saints have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, you know, it's probably Steelers than Saints. And um, I was just really looking forward to seeing this offense, you know, which is obviously incredible in bursts, but doesn't always have consistency. I was just looking forward to that matchup. And at those positions and, and with the Saints pass rush, I, I, I do think that the Chiefs have to change some of the way that they call some things um, depending on, on who's going to be playing those positions. Cause um, you know, God, I mean, just not to mention the fact that you need 
that you need your quarterback healthy for the postseason. So I, I just I do wonder if um, there's going to be less Tyreek down the field just because they don't want Mahomes to to hold the ball that long, uh, more quick passes, and the Chiefs can do that stuff. But I just in in I've been looking forward to this game because of what it would mean for the Chiefs playing a top shelf opponent, particularly defensively. And and I just don't know that we're going to see that this year. And that's kind of a letdown. But anyway, yeah. you want your uh, prediction. I'm going to say like, I, I think the Chiefs will win 27, 23, something like that. Okay. Okay. Hey, our, um, uh, we've got some great comments here. Uh, Papa Dei, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, needs to be the star of the playoffs. Experience counts. We'll see about that. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the, uh, how, how, the, the, the carries and attempts uh, are distributed over the next, the last few regular season games. Um, hey, Brian, Blair, yeah, go ahead. Quick aside, just a quick aside on Le'Veon Bell and, and Sam McDowell. I can't remember who else was on the call yesterday, but I know you were Sam McDowell. Did you find it interesting that Andy Reid, uh, upon being asked about Le'Veon Bell, the first words were like, it's kind of a weird deal. He was talking about Le'Veon's fit in the offense. Well, I think his his point was that a running back coming in midseason is more difficult than a lot of other positions because you've got to get used to your offensive line and see how they maneuver to know where the holes might open up. You've got some pass protection things. I mean, we all talked about the game in Denver where he didn't get his head around in time. There's just more to learn in a new offense, and he's not saying that Le'Veon Bell can't pick it up quickly. It's just a lot to process that some things – take more than just flipping the pages through a playbook. You've got to see it and feel it for yourself. And I wonder if a little bit of that wasn't a reaction to Le'Veon Bell's tweet after the game. Uh, it was some, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was somewhat odd sort of questioning. Uh, Sam McDowell, do you remember that? I don't remember the exact tweet, but what was the, what I saw was more of a reference to the Steelers. Was there a second one that I missed? Uh, no, yeah, it was one before that where he um, – basically says he was confused or something. And it was, you know, before the team had left, jumped on the airplane to go back home. And I, I wondered if that was about playing time or why he didn't get the carries late in the game. You remember when uh, Edwards Alaire lost 11 yards, which I, I look, I, we don't have time to talk about, it, but I think the Chiefs really bungled that last field goal possession, ended up going backwards for, you know, for a 10, 11 yards before making the field goal attempt more difficult for Butker to, to clinch the game. But anyway, uh, that's, uh, we, we could have talked about that more after the game. Where I saw a subsequent tweet where it looked like he was, it was some kind of jousting with, with fans. Like it, it, it looked like he was saying like, I'm somebody had called him out and said he was selfish. Uh-oh, and then he okay. was going back and forth. It was a little, a little hard to tell chicken and egg. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt again. No, no, that's good. No, good, good. Uh, Brian Johnson wonders if we're going to see Jameis Winston on, um, on Sunday and not uh, Taysom Hill. That, ooh, that would, uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? If uh, if Jameis Winston got the got the call, um, I don't know if we'll see that. I just uh, would not be the first time this season that the Chiefs have prepared for a quarterback, and a, and another one started though. Happened against the Patriots. Happened against the Chargers too. And the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Good point. Okay. Trainer breaking the ribs, the old trainer breaking the ribs thing, or whatever that. Is. <laughs> right. Okay, you guys. So it sounds to me like um, it, it, just just with a nod of the head, everybody would pick the Chiefs to win this game. I'm going Saints. I, I, I just think uh, I think the game is important. I think there's a perspe- perception issue here for 
you know, for, for Peyton and, um, and, and the Saints, I think they're going to put a lot into it. And they're coming off a, a real hard, disappointing loss. They had won nine straight before losing to, to the Eagles. And, and talking about, you know, a little quarterback switcheroo, that's what Philadelphia dropped on New Orleans last weekend with Jalen Hurts. So I think I'm going to, in the paper, pick the Saints to win this game. It, I don't think it'll impact the Chiefs in, in the long run. All they'd have to do is win out, beat the Falcons and the Chargers in the last two games, and they lock up the number one seed in the AFC. So, um, guys, I think that'll do it for today. I do want to leave on, on this note, um, and uh, I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to a friend of ours, um, Amy Just, who covers the Saints for the – for NOLA.com in the New Orleans Times Picayune. She's a, a KU grad, a Nebraska native, and we saw a lot of her at, in, in, the, in the Arrowhead Stadium press box or over at Allen Fieldhouse covering Kansas games. Uh, this would be a weekend. I think we would all look forward to covering the Chiefs and Saints in New Orleans, but none of us, of course, will be there. We just haven't been on the road with the Chiefs since the first couple of road games um, for the reasons we all, that are obvious. So uh, shout out to Amy. And uh, maybe we'll see you at the Super Bowl. So for, for Vahe, Sam, Sam, and Herbie, and our producer, Beth Welsh, thanks for joining us. And make sure to be back with us after the Chiefs game against the Saints on Sunday. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to... Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gorian, and Sam Mellinger for talking Chiefs with us on Sportsbeat Live this morning. Their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Speaking of KansasCity.com, we got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all of the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and i'll get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports beat kc thanks for listening and we'll be back on friday with another episode